sponsored by Carnation, airing live on the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 FM in New Orleans. This show's entrance has been edited, produced, and directed by Gwen Clapper from Perfect Trust Productions, LLC. You can find us at perfecttrustproductions.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday night segment of Horsefly Chronicles Radio with myself, Julia Syracusa, and Phil Syracusa. We're broadcasting live from the International Public Radio and the United Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 FM from New Orleans. This evening's show is fully sponsored by Carnation, so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. You'll have to do a few things in order to participate. Go over to our YouTube channel. UFO Paranormal Radio or International Public Radio. You can also go into all of the Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, UFO Undercover with Joe Montalzo, News on the Flip Side, Twitch, SoundCloud, and Podbeam. Uh, you could go over to our Horsefly Chronicles Radio. If you're not in there, get in there. Um, so tonight, guys, we have a very special guest. So please, let's welcome... Mr. Steve Dills to the show. Steve is a paranormal investigator with over a decade of experience investigating the paranormal. Steve founded Transcend Paranormal in 2010, where he remains the director of the team. Transcend has helped raise funds for over 15 locations and organizations. Steve is also the team historian for the Ghost Finders, for its 11th season, which streams on Paraflix. We love Paraflix. So please, let's welcome him to the show. Welcome. Yay. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Nice. Thanks for uh, coming on. Thank yeah. you. So Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, Steve, take us to the beginning of your story. Um, what drove you into the research of the paranormal, um, which stems probably from very intense experiences at a very young age, right? Yeah. So um, my, I guess my my adventure into the paranormal started um, when I was in probably fourth or fifth grade, um, maybe even even before then. Um, we had, you know, my my father had got a job opportunity that he couldn't pass up. Um, and so we we moved from Pennsylvania to Virginia, um, and that might as well have been a a world away, uh, because at that time, you know, I, I we had AOL, we had email, uh, mm-hmm. but like I didn't have an email account, you know, so I I couldn't talk to any of my friends or any any of like my family, anybody, and everything that I knew and loved uh, and was familiar with was was gone, right? Um, and so we, we moved to Virginia to this, this brand new house. Uh, and so everybody, you know, when, when I say that this house was like ridiculously active, uh, immediately you have this picture of like this creepy old house. It, it was brand new. Um, it was weird. It was definitely a weird house, but it was brand new. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I think a, a mix of there being activity there topped with me being very vulnerable in this new location you know, pretty sad and depressed. Like all my friends are gone. Um, it was just around my birthday. So I had like, you know, celebrated my birthday. Like I was looking forward to hanging out with all my friends and everything. Uh, and, and here I am in this new state with absolutely nobody. I knew nobody. Um, and I think that put me into a vulnerable, a vulnerable position. Uh, and that spurred some activity that, you know, it, it affected our entire family, but for whatever reason, this one thing decided that, like, I was going to be uh, its play toy. Oh, there's Rob. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Um, All right. I can see that. <laughs> so, um, you know, it started out with um, me hearing, like, muffled conversations at night um, when I'd be waking up. Um, and then that would kind of move into um, 
the sounds of my name being whispered and screamed into my ear uh, in the evenings, hearing full, you know, full on, like very loud conversations, still muffled, um, having my bedroom door and my closet doors opening and closing. Um, I got really sick for a number of months. Um, and it was to the point that my parents were taking me to, to doctors. Nothing was wrong with me at all. Perfectly fine, um, like physically. Um, and and it just kind of like spiraled. Um, it, it got pretty intense in, in just some of the encounters and seeing, you know, shadow figures, um, having family members pushed down the steps at home, um, being held, you know, like they, they couldn't leave a room because they felt like something was holding them or holding them back. Um, doppelgangers, which was really weird in the form of um, our family dog, out of all things. You like, yeah. typically you think it's like people, right? You see like a doppelganger and it's typically like another person. This was our family dog, which was very odd. Um, and then, you know, just this whole slew of, of really weird things of objects moving, being thrown around, thrown at me, which which was like my least favorite part. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all of this scared the hell out of me. Um, yeah. And so when I got older uh, and and moved into, you know, college and, and finally had a car and can move around um, on my own, I kind of kept that in the back of my head, all these experiences that I had as a kid and uh, wanting to understand and, and learn about it. Like, why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? Um, and from there, it kind of spurred me along the path of wanting to help other people. Um, because I always feel like your home should be your safe place, right? It should be, it should be like your, your escape from the world, a place that you can go and be yourself. Um, you can relax and be, you know, feel safe at. Uh, and, and that was not the case for me. Like I was deathly afraid to go home. Uh, most kids, when they get out of school, they want to like hop on the bus and go home directly immediately and, and do whatever. I hated it. I, I loathed going home because I knew that when I got home, this was going to happen again. Uh, and so, so it, it kind of made me want to try to help other people and, and help them understand what's going on. And, and if nothing else, just being somebody that, you know, can, I can lend an ear and not look at you crazy. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's really what got me into the field is, is just all these things as a kid and then wanting to help others so that they don't, they don't experience the same thing at home to the point that they don't even it, feel comfortable being there anymore. It always starts when we're a kid. I mean, that's really where all of the paranormal investigators in the field, it, you know, they've been traumatized in some certain way that pushes them into all the research to really mm -hmm. dive into and understand. And unfortunately, we just come out with more questions to all these, I mean, we're, you know, just yep. you know, yeah, so many questions. So, it, yeah, it's crazy. So, Steve, I have a question for you. The one thing wait, that I really want to say is it's everybody always thinks that the haunted houses are old ones. Yeah, and we can true. relate to that because, well, we're in the horse fly house and it was built, you know, it's not an old house. Yep. It's not true. It's not, it's not true. You said objects were being thrown at you. What kind of objects? Um, so the most prominent one, um, there, well, there were two. The first is, is this glass vase that held these fake flowers. Um, and, and I always, uh, <laughs> I was never a big fan of these fake flowers. Uh, and it was like this tiny vase. It had these marbles uh, that held the fake flowers in place. And I hope my mom's not listening. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, that would always get tossed. It would get tossed at somebody. It would get tossed on the ground. You'd come home. It's on the ground. It's somewhere else. Uh, something or someone just did not like those flowers other than me. Um, and so, so that, that would happen very, very frequently. Um, one of the biggest objects, um, I didn't actually realize, uh, this was thrown at me or on me, I should say, um, until my parents told me a little bit later. Um, I was asleep. My parents came in to, to wake me up for school one day. Um, and when they got into the bedroom, I had this painting. I had this big painting um, that was hanging over my bed. And somehow it came off of the wall and was laid directly on top of me as I slept. 
Um, and it did so in such a fashion that the painting was facing upwards. So it wouldn't have just fallen like the nail fell out of the, 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 the wall or anything. Um, it had to lift off of the nail and then turn and then land. Uh, so very, uh, a very not typical, uh, uh, you know, reaction to to something falling, right? When you think of a painting or something falling, uh, it's going to fall off the wall and probably land face down because it's heavier on that side with the frame and everything. Um, this one decided uh, it was it was not going to do that, and it it landed face up on me, um, and it was it was in such a manner that I didn't even wake up. Um, so I don't know how long I slept with this big, massive painting on me. Um, but my parents came in and and you know they they were like, "What is going on?" Uh, and so they they pulled it off and got me up and was asking me what was going on. Uh, so that there was that. Um, I mean, just all sorts of random little things would go and and, and disappear and reappear or be tossed uh, and moved around the room. It was a it was a hot mess. There's something with flowers because, you know, in, in our house, flowers don't last. I mean, that I, I can't have flowers in this house. They die. They die in like a day. So did you ever find out what was haunting that house? Was it was it? Well, obviously it was negative. But did you ever find out the core of the problem? Um. Well, to to uh, I guess kill two birds with one stone. Um, because Pam, I saw your question was the house on a battlefield. Um, it was not actually directly on a battlefield, but it was very close by. Uh, the the property was um, it was in Hanover County, Virginia. Um, and for Civil War buffs, that's a, a fairly fought over uh, piece of land. It's just north of Richmond City um, in Virginia, and so there was a lot a lot of Civil War activity. Yeah. Um, I think that it probably had something to do with that. Not the house, obviously, but um, probably something that was related to one of the, you know, Civil War um, troop movements through the area. Um, one of the other prevalent spirit, spirits in the house that I myself didn't see, um, and my son's walking in naked, by the way, so, uh, and he's he's one, so... Uh, it's okay. probably it's probably safe. Um, hi, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so um, <laughs> uh, I think it probably had to do with with that. Uh, and the reason I think that is because one of the other prevalent spirits that I never experienced or saw, but the females, like my mother, my aunts, um, and a number of of guests that were female that came to the house, they would experience um, this this lady in a, are you giving me something? Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, go to mama. <laughs> um, they would experience and see this woman in a gray um, um, hoop skirt, like a gown, uh, a dress. And they would see her typically moving out of the room. Like if you were walking into the living room, she is exiting into like the dining room or something. Um, one of the, the biggest experiences that we had around that was, um, my father was outside raking leaves, um, one afternoon, uh, my mother was taking a nap on the couch and she was woken up by this woman, this, the spirit, um, in her dreams. So she had always seen the back of this female, um, like walking through the house, but this was the first time she actually saw a full, you know, a full blown, like. I guess, person um, in her dreams. That was the exact same spirit that we had experienced in the house. And she told my mom, you need to wake up. You got to get up now. You have to go check on, on your husband. Uh, turns out he was having a massive heart attack in the front yard. Um, and so had it not been for that, my mom would not have woke up. Uh, and he probably would have continued to be in the front yard. Uh, so... I think it's probably just based off of the the like the hoop skirt and that kind of period in history, probably Civil War related. Um, I don't know why, because that was like a lot of swampland. Um, so there weren't really any battles there. Probably would have been very difficult to fight on that property. 
Um, yeah. But there would have been a lot of troop movement through that area. Um, we know that there are a number of burials throughout that neighborhood and some of the other neighborhoods right nearby um, based off of uh, some of the markings on like the trees um, that there were soldiers buried there. So I don't know if it was just a skirmish um, and just not like a full-blown battle or what, um, but that's the closest mm -hmm. thing I can figure out. I have not been back mm -hmm. to that house. Uh, we lived there for two years um, and, and it was two years too long. And so uh, after that, you know, we sold it and uh, I have not been back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'm uh, afraid to go and talk to the, the, the owners now. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they're going through. It's, it's always so weird. Like, you always wonder if they're experiencing the same things that we did, or is it just, you know, do they go after certain families? Like, it's just really. Yeah, I, I don't know. Cause we didn't, you know, after we moved out, didn't have any experiences anymore. Um, not at least from, from like that style of thing. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like scared nonstop. Um, yeah. so, so I don't know. Here, that's, that's crazy. I mean, we've had experiences like that too. Both grew up in haunted houses and but I've never had, and now we're, we're here. Had, I think that they're, they get attached. To right. But I never people. had something thrown at me. No, that's a whole different ball game. No. And um, I just couldn't imagine them. Yeah. What that would take for a spirit to do something like that. A lot that. of energy. Um, yeah, this is more of like a mind manipulating. Yeah, that's thing. more of a poltergeist, a, right? Yeah. Taking, throwing an item. That's that's wild. I mean, it's scary too. I mean, something got thrown at me besides a baseball catch. <laughs> you call me. That's, isn't yeah. that amazing? If you really think about it, if you really think about that. That is amazing. I love it. It is like as a kid, it it scared the shit out of me. Uh, obviously, but like <laughs> uh, as you know, as an adult, and now that I've experienced some of these things, uh, it is. It's really it's really interesting to think about just just the human body alone and all of the energy that it takes to do simplistic tasks like throwing a baseball. It takes a lot of energy. Um, granted, you know we we can throw a baseball a lot. Uh, but it yeah, does a take a lot of energy. There's a lot of a lot of mechanics going on there just to throw something or move something. Uh, right. So to think that something had such a like desire to uh, to toss this glass vase on the ground um, all the time uh, with the the ugly flowers and the marbles uh, that that were a pain in the butt to pick up. Uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. You, you, so you guys have helped and uh, supported so many locations uh, through public investigations, lectures, events. What are some of the historical sites that um, you and your team have been to? Um, we've been to quite a few. Um, one of the things that we do, like like you had said, is we partner with historical locations and we try to go back and and do as much as we can to kind of help them out. Um, one of the places that I got very invested in, and um, I guess because of that, I am now the president of this location uh, or the nonprofit that owns and operates the location is the Hanover Tavern. Um, mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where when we start working with these locations, we want to try to help them survive. Uh, most historical locations don't get federal, state, or local funding at all. Uh, if they do, it's it's a, a fairly aggressive process. Um, there tends to be, you know, a, a few. There's an, at least a number of historical locations um, in any given area that are probably also fighting for the same, uh, you know, grants or or money or resources. Mm -hmm. um, so we we try to partner with these locations and go back and and uh, whether it's developing a ghost tour um, or helping with historical tours. Um, one of my teammates, Tiffany um, and Chris, both of them go and um, once a month go up to the tavern and they give um, haunted history tours. Um, and that is, you know, straight, straight, completely them, 100% volunteer. Um, and so, you know, we don't, we haven't traveled too terribly much because of that. Um, we tend to be pretty busy just, you know, supporting around here. Um, but we've been to places like, um, St. Albans Sanatorium, one of my favorites. Um, Sweet Springs Sanatorium, which is also like one of my absolute favorites. Um, 
we we go up to Gettysburg. We'll be up in Gettysburg for the Battlefield Bash, and so we we like to uh, to hit up some of the battlefields up there, um, the bridges and some of the houses and homes that we have we have folks that are friends that that either own them or operate them. Um, uh, Christy, I see in chat, uh, we go to a place called Fleetwood Church, um, which is an old kind of a, a commoner's church. Uh, in a place called Culpeper, it's in it's uh, Brandy Station, Virginia. It's the location of the largest cavalry battle in the Civil War. Um, so we go out there and we work with that location um, and just a, a bunch, man. We we uh, wow. we try to do as much as we can to help out without like uh, burning ourselves out insane. Because yeah. <laughs> you can you can you. definitely run thin on that one. You can you can you can run too hard sometimes and get burned out. So we. Yeah. That's amazing that you guys do all that. Let's wait. Let's see if we can see chat. Okay, my eyes are really bad, but let's see. Can you see? Yeah. Who? Call them out. Well, we have Lynn. Hi, Lynn. We have Christy. Hi, Christy and Pammy, and Christy again, and Lynn <laughs> and Donna, and who's that? Elvis Presley, but not Kip. Rob. Rob was down there. Rob was over there sometime. Yep, I saw him before. So, so hello, everybody, and welcome to Horse Flight Chronicles Radio. We never had seven people listen to the show once, so this is awesome. Hey, Steve, you know, you know what's interesting is um, I want your thoughts on this. We have pictures of um, the battlefield in Gettysburg, and we have all these big orbs, not small, not dust particles, these big orbs. Do you think it's water vapors or do you think it is what it is? It's so hard to say. Uh, the, the the most difficult thing about photography to me is being able to consistently recreate the photograph, right? Because a lot of times when people take a picture, they will you know take a picture this way and then they'll turn and go take a picture over here and then a picture over here. And you've changed your angle, you've changed your lighting, you've changed your environment. Um, even the most simplistic things as the air motion uh, or the, the, the motion that you are moving is creating, you know, uh, air movement around your hand, which is around your lens. Um, it's hard. It's hard. It's really difficult to say, especially with photographs. Um, I've seen some really, really cool orb photos. Um, I've seen some really cool orb videos, uh, but I've also seen ones where like people walk through a place like, like St. Albans. Uh, they'll, they'll walk through the floor, you know, walk down a hall, turn around and take a picture. And, and there's just like, you know, orbs galore because they just, you know, kicked up all the dust on the ground. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's hard because like, to your point, you, you do have to consider the fact that there is going to be water in the air at all times, right? That's, that's humidity. Um, and so it, it could be that it could be, um, any, like if there's, um, uh, like bugs in the air. Um, but it's, it's, it's difficult. You know what I mean? Like without seeing it and without, uh, without having something to compare it to, like, um, what we try to do when we're taking, um, photographs is like burst, um, shots where, you know, if you, if you click the button, uh, you take like five to 10 pictures at a time. Um, and that way we have like a really good, um, sample of photos, hopefully where, there is nothing, then you see some anomalous behavior, and then nothing again. Um, or if you get anomalous behavior, well, anomalous behavior for all 10 photos, then you probably are picking up something like water vapor or dust or, you know, whatever's always, in the air. Yeah, it's always good to take a lot of pictures. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, and that's that's the difficult thing, because a, a lot of times, even I do it, where... I, I only want to take pictures of the cool things in a location. <laughs> like, like I'm, you know, uh, from a photography standpoint, I'm like looking like, oh, what would be a cool angle to take at this, you know, at this, you know, this, this object or whatever it is, uh, what's a really neat angle to, to capture this. Um, and so I'm not always like typically, you know, taking buku photos. Uh, what we will do is we run around with camcorders. Um, uh, a few of us have some really nice um, uh, cameras that have like, uh, can film in zero lux and so we will we will utilize those uh and then we do have a couple of team members that have some really nice high-end cameras um and they do photography on the side so that that really super helps uh yeah. they they take the pictures and they know what they're looking at and what they're looking for uh and then i will mess around with the cameras and all that sort of stuff so fascinating residential cases do you guys do a lot of those 
Um, a few. Um, it's residential cases are always kind of weird for me. Um, and and so I have we have uh, some case managers on our team that handle that. Um, and we've got about eighteen team members, so we're we're a somewhat larger group, probably larger than most. Um, and so we we kind of divvy the tasks a little bit. Um, yeah. And so you know, handling private case management uh, is something that that um, two of my team members, Rhonda and Tiffany, and 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 as a byproduct, most of us do handle. Um, but one of the things that we have implemented is a fairly rigorous um, process, not like impossible, but um, a, a fairly rigorous process to request our assistance. Um, and, and the biggest reasons for that is we've gone into um, residential cases where um, one of my favorites to share is we showed up to this house. We had, we had, you know, done this interview with this, this, uh, this client showed up to the house and uh, you know, she lets us in, we walk in with some of our equipment and there are four other ladies sitting at her dining, uh, uh, her kitchen table. And they're sitting there enjoying, you know, a bottle of wine. And wow. uh, the very first question is, what time are the camera crews getting here? Mm. And uh, it immediately, like, it went from, oh, okay, you don't actually need help. You want entertainment. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, we tried to explain that, you know, we're not a TV show. We're here to help you. Uh, and that's not what they wanted. Uh, so so uh, we've, we've changed it up quite a, a bit on that front. Um, thank you, Christy. And hey, John, how's it going, man? Uh, so we had, we implemented this, this um, kind of a, a case study now. And so what we do is we'll interview you um, at least two times over the phone first. That is the very mm -hmm. first thing um, before we go on site. And even before all that, we ask you to fill out some documentation and some paperwork that um, kind of gives us a, a brief um, history you know, a timeline mm -hmm. of, of when experiences are, are, are happening. When did you first have your experience um, as a person? Not necessarily at that location, but all throughout your history. When did you first have an experience? Mm -hmm. Did that experience impact what's going on today? Um, and those sorts of things. We're also looking for, um, when we get on site, the very first thing we do is, uh, is really environmental analysis. Um, we're not looking for anything paranormal at that point. We are looking for, you know, high EMF. Um, we had one case where a gentleman um, was sleeping. Uh, well, actually, a couple were sleeping in their bed and they were experiencing um, night terrors. They were experiencing um, just tons of stuff in, you know, but only in their bedroom, only while they were asleep. They'd wake up and, you know, wake up and experience all these things. They also had a box fan on their nightstand, like literally two feet away. Um, and we found out that when we cut on that box fan, uh, it was pumping massive amounts of EMF directly towards their heads. Uh, and so we asked them to remove that and voila, no more, no more ghosts. Um, yeah. so, you know, we have to, that's, that's one of the big things we're looking for. We also, and, and this is where it gets a little iffy and that's why we have, um, you know, folks that we consult from a medical standpoint, um, we want to look at, you know, are you taking any medications? What medications yeah. are you taking? Are they going to be, uh, are these two medications going to be creating hallucinations for you? Um, yeah. You know, visual or audible. Um, we've also, we also showed up at a house one time where, uh, um, you know, th this guy was having, you know, well, reportedly having tons of activity, tons of activity. He wanted us to walk outside because he was also experiencing tons of activity out back. Um, and we walked out back. And uh, lo and behold, he had a massive marijuana farm. Uh, and like this was before, you know, it was legal. And so we we're like, all right, I'm going to go now because I don't want to get like, you know, in trouble for this thing. Uh, yeah. But so, the funny you know... thing is that these medications could bring out, you know, could make you more vulnerable to paranormal activity, right? They could. And so that's that's why we we try to do our best to first rule out, you know, is it, is it something going on um, that is 
entirely natural, right? Um, is it something that is, you know, we can we can easily explain with old wiring in a house um, or, you know, a mix of um, high EMF spikes or, um, you know, here in Virginia, for example, there is um, radon in, in the ground. And mm -hmm. when that breaks down, um, it seeps into older basements. And uh, that in and of itself, mm -hmm. if built up and not taken care of, um, can create hallucinations. Uh, it can create activity. Um, and so, you know, those are the things we're looking for first and foremost before we say, okay, well, now let's start looking at what are, what are the preternatural or paranormal experiences um, that you're having now? How, do, how can we help address that? Uh, and so that's, that's kind of like our process. Um, it's definitely, uh, it's fairly in depth, but it does help us. It helps us a lot understand what's going on, um, why it's happening, where it's happening, who it's happening to. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it also kind of covers our tales a little bit too, because I don't, you know, if we go into a location and um, we start saying, okay, there's a spirit here, there's a spirit there, this is that, this is that. And then um, the client has an issue and and maybe attempts to harm themselves or others and then blames it on the spirits or us now we're we're you know we're legally liable now uh so we've got to be really you know really careful when we go into residential houses so right. yeah it's a really hard job paranormal <laughs> well it could be draining what kind of activity can radon possess to a person um, just, I mean, similar to any, any radioactive byproduct, um, it, it can create audible and visual hallucinations. So hearing things, seeing things, um, and you know, it doesn't necessarily have to happen to just one person. It could be a group of people, um, because, you know, we, we have seen like, I believe it's fully ado. Um, I think I can't remember the term exactly, but, um, where like groups of people are experiencing things and they're all seeing something. Um, but it's not actually happening because they're being um, affected by something, whether it's something they're eating, something they're drinking, um, or, or something that they're breathing in. Um, so got to be careful with all that stuff. And that, so that's why um, one of the things that we invested in is radiation detectors now, Geiger counters, when we go into locations, um, we want to make sure that like we ourselves are not poisoning ourselves uh, when we're going into the, some of these spots. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let's get into the ghost finders. So you, um, you're the historian for its 11th season. How did this come about and how has it been for you, this whole experience? So um, first off, it's been a blast. I, I love it. I love everybody that I work with. Um, Rob and, and Heather and Dan and Melody uh, and Megan and, and everybody behind the scenes, Max and, and just everybody has been great. Um, it It's an interesting way that it started. Um, I co-host a Paracon and then host a Paracon. And so the one that I co-host with, with Christy um, and her team, um, we actually invited Megan Deputy to come and be a speaker at the event. Um, we knew that Megan lived somewhat close by to Virginia. And so we we're like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's see if, if she wants to come up um and and join us and so she agreed and, and that was amazing it was it was awesome and so she came and um or agreed to come and then uh as she you know as we started talking communicating back and forth she's like oh by the way uh you know one of one of the other ghost finders dan wants to come and join too is that okay and i'm like oh duh of course like that's that is perfectly uh awesome um so then Dan was involved, uh, and then and then they're like, "Hey, listen, uh, you know, Rob Rob wants to come down and do this too." And I was like, "Shit, okay, that that's awesome. Like, let's do this. We're doing, you know, we got we got we got the Ghost Finders now." Um, and so the first time meeting them in person was at a Paracon where I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, um, and uh, and we had a blast. Um, you know, I I somehow impressed them in some manner. Uh, and knock on wood. Um, but uh, I guess a couple months later, I got a phone call from Rob out of the blue. And he's like, hey, you you live close to uh, to Sweet Spring Sanatorium, right? And I'm like, uh, close enough. 
why what's up and he's like we're filming uh do you do you want to come and be part of it and i was like yeah sure i was like you know do you you know do you want me to like cook do you want me to like carry the cameras do you need me to charge batteries like what do you need me to do uh and he's like well we want you in front of the camera and i'm like oh god okay uh so <laughs> so uh so went up there and i was i was a guest uh on on that episode um and then um the following episode um they pretty much brought me on which was awesome um, and that was actually at Christie's location. I see Christy in there, uh, Christy Parrish. How are you doing, Christy? I am so glad to see you, by the way. I hope you're. I hope you're doing good. Uh, I saw your post. I did not realize you were. You were. Uh, you were. You were going hard there for a while. So uh, I'm glad to see you feeling better and and, uh, and on. Um, but yeah, sorry. Uh, total tangent. Um, but yeah, so so went up uh, to the to the Oliver House, um, and and that was amazing. It was a great opportunity, and uh, and then they asked me to join for uh, for the Ghostfinders, the actual you know casting crew. Um, and so from there, it's it's just been a blast. We've we've been traveling around a lot, um, filming at a lot of really really cool places, um, and some some very intense experiences at some of these locations. Um, so it's it's been fun. It has been a blast. I've I've enjoyed it. Well, congratulations. That's, Thank you. that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I think you ever follow you back home? <laughs> um, not recently. Uh, every so often I will get a hitchhiker, um, but they mm -hmm. don't typically stay around for too long. Um, I don't, I don't think it, yeah, I don't, I haven't had too much of an issue with that. I know like some of my team at uh, some of our, our locations, um, every so often we have something that, that tends to come home. Um, but we've also been investigating some of those locations for upwards of 10 years. So it's, I feel like it's more of a familiarity thing than like, uh, than a hitchhiker. It's like, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go to Steve's house now. Um, mm -hmm. so, so, uh, every so often, but it's, it's not been, uh, luckily I haven't, I have not had to, to do that. I haven't had any additional roommates, uh, from, from investigating. Yeah, that's good. That, that's horrible. Hitchhikers. I like that word. Do they put their thumbs up and say, hey, give me a ride, man? <laughs> like freeloaders. They come and move things around in your house, but they don't pay for anything. Except, uh, I, he says all the time. I mean, if you're going to put the lights on, like pay the, the bill. Or, well, what I say is if you're going to throw things around my house, clean, pick up a broom, a mop, the, do, something. Yeah, really, do something. Do yeah. something useful. Do some little tricks, like help out around here. You One know? of the uh, locations that we investigate and um, is the Dunlora Inn in Mineral, Virginia. And one of the spirits there uh, is known to turn on the coffee and make coffee in the morning. Oh and I'm God. like, I'm like, that I want is, that one. Like, that is the one I want. That, see, these are the things that. <laughs> no, that I like. Yeah, um, right. Like, that is that is perfect. That's perfect. Now, right is there. that the K cup or the percolator? <laughs> it did. It's K cups. Surprisingly, it's K-Cups. That's crazy. Here, <laughs> well, right? Speaking of, speaking of that, that's that's a crazy story. Speaking of Paracons, like you said before. So you're hosting a Paracon, right, in January. Mm -hmm. And I know that you would like to do something special and give to... Well, that's why we have so many people in the chat room. Everybody wants something for <laughs> free. <me> <laughs> Everybody wants... Well, it's for free. It's that's for why me. we have listeners tonight. <laughs> Well, on my next show, I'm giving away five hundred dollars. No, you're not. Monopoly money. Yes, uh -oh. I am. <laughs> he will give monopoly money. Okay? I will. He's, he's done that <laughs> before. Okay. So that's the secret to get listeners. Give something free. <laughs> oh, all right. That's not love free things. Everybody loves free stuff. So, Steve has a pair of tickets to his new, his newest PowerCon, right in January. January twenty-first. Okay, so to the first person in chat that might know who our first guest was on this network. So uh, some people do know that we, we were on Paranormal King, but we're now we're on this amazing network. So if you know the first guest that we had on, it's been a year. A year, it's over a year, and I don't even know the answer to that. I know the answer because I Googled it, and I said wow. it to I've been a radio show for three years. I don't even know who the uh, first well, guest was. Well, you don't was. know anything. I'm the one who does everything. Anyway, 
if anyone could give us that name and he people do know him, you get two free tickets. To what Paracon? What's the name of the Paracon? And the Hanover the... Tavern Paracon. And it's oh, uh, and I want those tickets. <laughs> it is it's Hanover Tavern Paracon. It is at uh Hanover Tavern in Hanover, Virginia. Very original, right? Um and it's it's January twenty first, uh, eleven a.m. to six or seven. Um, there is a whole slew of speakers. Um, you'll see me there, so you get to throw tomatoes at me in person, um, and and heckle me if you wish. Uh, I will be there with Ghost Finders and and a lot of other folks. There's some folks in chat that will be there too. So very awesome. I wonder if anybody's gonna know this. I can't say because my. So, okay, so you're going to the first person. The uh, first person out in this network. This network. That's what you got confused. All right, so you know the answer. I know the answer. Okay, so then what are we doing this now? I can write it down for you. Guys, got to get your Google Foo on. I already know it. And so does does Steve, because I sent it to him. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. On this network, again. Oh, wow. So Okay. well, I'm sure later someone <laughs> might. And if you All right, so this out, is going to be a tough one. So to the listener out there, if you want the free tickets, who doesn't want free tickets to that event? Mm-hmm. Um, the let's man. give you a hint. You can't do that. We can give a little hint. <laughs> he's a cheater. The, okay, so he's not pulling money out. He's a cheater. He's always <laughs> <laughs> You have to have some fun. So this person... Here's a hint. Has a book out about the house they rented. So we have Daniel Clay's question mark. Answer is no. <laughs> so that eliminates you, Michelle. Sorry. I can't see anything. Well, keep and guessing. You can keep guessing. Keep guessing. The same person keep guessing. Oh yeah. yeah. I, yeah, yeah the first I feel like give it right. First person that types it in correctly. Gets it. They're, all, constantly, no. they're all Googling it. You no. know they're Googling it. Pammy, uh, Elvis left the building. Um, <laughs> Richard Estep? No. No. All right. So the first. Okay. Rob so you Thompson, keep. No. Sorry. Don't worry. You're going to see my face. This is a tough one. Real Honestly, this would be like a show because, no, so because uh, no one's going to get this. No one's going to get this. I'm going to have to throw another hint. So here's another hint. Well, let's ask Steve if that's okay with him. Can we throw a little hint? This, these are your two free tickets to hand out, so you do you. Uh, oh, you have a book out, Philip. Well, yeah, yeah, I do, but this ain't, I wasn't the first. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Christy. But no, this ain't me. No, I don't rent this house. We own it, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so, Ghost Adventures was at this person's location. They have a book out, and Ghost Adventures. Um, um, so they didn't find nothing in the home, but we know you're giving everything away. <laughs> we didn't know, no, there was something in the home, but actually, so most of us just got that wrong. Um, that's a pretty big hint. And this person has out three books, it's, very good books, yeah, very, very good books. I can you see, should I bring this close up? Everybody's gonna see me. Really, I don't like being too up close. So I can't see. Sorry, guys. It says April. Let's, no. Wait. Go down. It's not Mike. Um, <laughs> no. I really don't think anyone's going to get no. that. No. But you guys do know of him. I can promise you that. Yes, he's been on Ghost Adventures. It's it's a tough one, right? Right, Steve. It's a tough one. Uh, a tough one. I don't even know what's the name of his book again. Uh, I just tricked that. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the name of his book again? <laughs> <laughs> I like We're that. We're coming to much. the end of the show, so I mean, what? How are we gonna play this off? I don't and, think anyone's gonna get and, it. Well, what we could do if someone does get it, you can always message me on Facebook, Julia Syracuse. Well, that's not fun. I want it to be but on the show. I, I want to announce the winner. We have a new comment. Let's see what the new comment is. Mike Rickster. No, Mike, no, Mike, no. He wasn't even on our show. No, it's not hey, Chip. Michelle, guy. do you listen to Horsefly Chronicles Radio? Because Mike has never been on our show. <laughs> Chip. No. No. Oh my god, you guys are really out of the out. 
Well, keep keep guessing. We can chat some more, and then if okay. nobody gets it, uh, if nobody gets it at at the end of the show, uh, then yeah. then uh, then then we'll do something. We'll figure okay. something out. Hit him up with some questions. What questions do you have? Oh, because I've been talking all night. We'll figure out. Yeah. Something. What is that? Well, what, what do I got? I mean, I, I have a whole book. What on about okay questions? So. No, I want to talk about shadow people mm. and what's your thoughts on that? Because shadow people seem to be different. Okay. Shadow folk. Uh, it's always it's always an interesting and weird thing for me. Um, I, I've not dived into dissecting the, uh, the ideology of what shadow people are um, or shadow figures, whatever you want to call them. Um, it's always an odd experience, right? Because typically you don't see them straight on. It's always like corner, you know, kind of darting around corners or whatnot. Um, but I know, for example, you know, I've, I've had some pretty prominent experiences with what I would classify as uh, a, a shadow person. Um, one being at Old South Pittsburgh Hospital. And Literally, we there are four of us, and we watched this. It, I wouldn't say it's a full body apparition because it was just straight black, dark. Um, it was it was you know way past midnight, um, so it's pitch black. And for those of you that have have been to Old South, um, you know it's pretty dark in there, anyways, at any point in the day. And we were in the emergency room, um, and we watched this massive shadow figure walk into the room, literally walk into the room. Um, and it, you know, there were four of us in there. Each of us had taken a corner in the room and we watched as it walked from person to person behind each person. Wow. Um, and then it stopped. Of course it stopped at me. Like of all the people, it stopped at me. Um, and kind of like, I guess it was, it was right behind me and it, it kind of like, moved up to directly directly behind me and i doubled over um and i started like getting like super emotional um i picked up um i can't remember the name now but i picked up a name um an age a you know that it was this person that had had he was a male he had passed away there um in in the emergency or in the hospital, I should say. Um, and he didn't realize that he was going to die when he was visiting. Like he went there um, just thinking that everything was fine. And it turned out he had like a heart attack or a stroke or something. And he ended up passing away um, while he was there at the hospital. But that like, he was pretty certain that he was fine. Um, so very, very stubborn. Right. And um, I remember very vaguely the beginning of that, like doubling over and getting all this information, which is really weird for me because I'm not like psychic or anything. Um, and then the rest of my team members watched as it walked out of the room and I am still double doubled over, um, like out of it, completely out of it. Um, they had to walk me out of the room and um, essentially, I guess we walked outside and then I finally like came, came to again. Um, and it was, it was wild. Like I talked to one of the mediums that was there and, um, she ended up picking up like the exact same name and age and all these sorts of things. Uh, everything that I had picked up, you know, she walked in there and picked all that up and it, you know, it wasn't like something that was imprinted on me. Like, you know, like subconsciously you can be yeah. like, okay, you're going to experience, you know, this, this, and this. And then you go and experience those things because you already have a biasness to experience them. Um, so it was it was interesting because, like, at first thought, you're you know I've I've heard discussion where shadow people aren't necessarily human or previously human, um, and then having an experience with one that seemed like it was. Um, Christy said uh, we experienced the same thing at Old South in the emergency area. Yeah, right there. Uh, it was it was it was wild. Um, and then the room across, I think that was one of the operating rooms that was like directly across Christy. We had some really crazy things happen in there too. Um, 
but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say. There's another one at um, St. Albans um, that that everybody calls um, the crawler, and and it's this figure that uh, I've seen it. I've seen it twice now, um, and it's essentially it's a, again it's a shadow figure. Like it's not like a like a full bodied apparition. You know what I mean? Like um, it's this just straight black entity. And uh, it walks around on all fours like a cat. Ooh, that's creepy. That's creepy. But it is the size and shape of a human. Um, so, like, even creepier. <laughs> like, okay, it's a cat. Nope, nope, it's a person walking around on all fours. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, we've never interacted with it. Um, the, the times that I've seen it, it's like, you know, there were three of us standing there watching this thing as it literally, like, like a cat walked out of a room. Like, kind of like... Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it kind of like just casually came out of the room like a cat would do. And then uh, it's as if it noticed us. And then it just kind of like ran down the hallway. Um, two of us ran after it. And uh, one of my other teammates ran the opposite direction away oh. from it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it doesn't it's it's very odd. Right. Like I I've I've always had trouble trying to um, create some in like sense uh, around what exactly is going on with that. Um, I've gotten some really interesting pictures uh, that have like these, these shadow figures in them. Um, there's one from a place called Henrikus historical park, which is um, one of the locations here that we work with and uh, have never been able to recreate it. We, we had, we, that picture was taken probably 10 years ago um, and we, we've been back investigating, um, multiple times every year and, uh, have never been able to recreate it. Um, wow. so I don't know. I, I don't, I have no idea really what, yeah. what, uh, what it could or, or couldn't be or is or isn't. Uh, just we know that it's very intelligent. Our, our boss, uh, Joe, Mr. Joe Montaldo, he gave us a little bit extra time tonight. To oh, discuss. good. If that's Thank okay you. with you, Steve, if you yeah. could. Yeah, good. We at least have 10 more minutes to see if we can come up with it. But the yeah. shuttle person, people, person is very intelligent. Um, we have seen it firsthand. Mm -hmm. And I've heard of the all fours. You know, I've heard of that too. Well, I got, we got years ago, I think 2017, we got what we think is the Jersey Devil on. And I can show that to you. It is crazy. That's cool. It's I've always wanted to go Jersey Devil hunting. It is I, uh, I was born in Jersey. So that's like, that's like one of my things mm -hmm. I want to do. <laughs> you know, I forget the name of the cemetery. Um, I can send you the picture and you can tell me what you think. It should. That'd be so Yeah, cool. they were in, in a, where were you in a graveyard? We were, it, yeah, we were looking for, we were working on the Crosby case in Staten Island. And we were looking for one of the, um, the girls' cemeteries that we found. And we were getting rocks thrown at us. And it was just, it was very scary, wild. And then we caught this thing. And yeah, that thing is wild. That was you. That's probably the most scariest Whatever that thing, thing I've was. ever experienced. Makes you wonder. Yeah. Okay, folks, time for, let's see Wait, what we got here. here. So, about those free tickets. Oh, wait, who said my name? No, I'm not. <laughs> I can't say me again. But you even like here, to it in the house. here it is. Here it is. I need a chauffeur. The first name, and, and again, it's so hard. I don't want to be here all night. And I think it's unfair. If... But we're going to have to give it. No, 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 no. It has to be on this show because it's unfair no, 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 if right. someone just says to Steve. Okay. Yeah. Name. So the first name. Oh, thank you. Tom's a good show. Oh, oh hey, Tom. You. We try. <laughs> it is a good show. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> you actually like this? <laughs> wow. Joe will be happy tonight. Wow. Joe and Michelle will be very happy. We'll do happy another today. show after this. The first thing <laughs> of the person that was on our network, a little on this hint. network, a little the hint. first name is Keith. Go ahead and get him, guys. Dude, the first name is Keith. I didn't give away anything because it's, it's not. Gotta see some Googling. <laughs> so go ahead and get that Google search out. Damn, I didn't think this could be so hard. 
Hard and complicated. Hey, um, <laughs> as as our guest, are, um, and I gave you a. Keith, Keith Bailey. Bailey. No. Oh, damn. Go again. Keith Bailey. Isn't that from It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> Mr. Bailey. Um, yes. You got it. I got it. Donna, you are the you winner. You are the winner. All right, Donna. 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 <laughs> Donna. All right, Donna. I will get you your tickets. Everything. <laughs> Message me, Donna, and, and I'll get you hooked up. Oh, yeah. Message. That's where I want. Well, Donna actually listens to our show. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> what a funny role today, Phil. Yeah. Donna, congratulations. You should be jumping it. around your home right now, excited. You get to meet calling the all your neighbors. Very yeah. exciting. That's it, awesome. What, I can't see. And you get one free pass to the Horsefly Chronicles home in Eastern Pennsylvania. Oh, well, yeah, no. <laughs> if you dare. No. Hey, um, what do you have going on? Like, what's on your bucket list, Steve? Uh, bucket list or upcoming events and things. Yeah, and things yeah what's on your upcoming okay. list? Uh, bucket list is very different than <laughs> my bucket <laughs> list is like is like all across the world. Uh, so upcoming stuff. Um, obviously you've got the the uh, the Hanover Tavern Paracon coming up, um, which again January twenty first. Uh, and and general admission tickets are still available. Um, we are going to have a gallery reading. Um, and that's going to be done by the Sisterhood of Magic and Wonders, some really good friends of ours. Um, they're going to do a gallery reading that day, and tickets for that are $20. It's the only thing that is kind of like separated. Um, and then we will have a investigation of the tavern that evening, um, and that will be $65. But that also includes five locations. So we're going to be investigating mm -hmm. the, um, the Hanover Tavern, the Historic Courthouse, which is the third oldest courthouse, uh, continuously operating courthouse in America. Um, the Old Stone Jail, which sits right there, um, that was built in like the 1840s, I think it was. Um, we're going to investigate the Pamunkey Library, which sits directly next to and probably on top of uh, a number of graves. Uh, and the original Clerk of Courts building that is right there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you'll get to investigate with all of the speakers that are going to be there. Um, and and like all of the you know the the guest teams and guest folks that are going to be there, so uh, that's going to be a really really cool night. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, you know we're we're going to make we're going to make an, an awesome evening out of it. Um, after that, after that, let's see. Um, March 11th, we haven't announced this yet, but March 11th, um, we're going to be back at the Hanover Tavern, but this time we're going to be spending half of the evening at a place called Scotchtown, um, which is a location that Patrick Henry. Uh, lived at for for a number of years. Um, it's also where his wife Sarah Shelton um, ended up passing away. She, um, the popular theory, but possibly not, is she had postpartum psychosis or depression, um, and so she was, for lack of a better term, locked up in the basement um, until she passed away. So we will be at Scotchtown in the tavern. Then uh, April twenty first and twenty second, we will be at. Um, EnigmaCons, which is a conference at St. Albans Sanatorium. Um, and that is like one of my favorite places in Virginia. I uh, love some St. Albans. Uh, oh, just said Keith Linda, but I'm so sorry. It was already <laughs> Close. So close. Um, oh, and then let's see the big ones. Uh, July 14th to the 16th. Um, I'll be at the uh, Gettysburg Battlefield Bash with my team. Um, I'll be presenting up there, and and that's close to you guys. So uh, I I love Gettysburg. The bash is always a lot of fun. So we have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of stuff we haven't announced. It's uh, <laughs> awesome. I love it over there. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We really appreciate that. Yeah, it's not a good show. A lot of fun. I might continue this. <laughs> you have a lot of fun tonight. So thank you again so 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 much. Um, we want to have a special thank you to Carnation for fully sponsoring the show. We love them. They've been sponsoring the show from day one. Um, so please join us next Monday night, same time, um, on 105.3 FM from New Orleans. And stay tuned from Trish Mo with the Missing Keys. And also, if you guys are looking for... Sorry, I real bad. If you're looking for credit repair, everybody, Julie and I got involved with the business. Uh, call my consulting for all your credit needs. My score went up 75 points in 60 days. Uh, you can reach us at 
425 Yes. This has been a great show, everyone. Have a safe week. And Donna, don't forget to message Steve for your free ticket. And anyone who private messages me, my favorite color gets a one night at the Horsefly Chronicles home with a free breakfast and lunch. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good night, Steve. Thank you. Bye, guys.